0: Welcome to the Band of Brothers podcast. The Band of Brothers is the men's ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church. The we are on right now is Winning at Work and Home. We're being led by Pastor Greg Mott, Jason Swiggert, Eric Reed, Ben Pritchett, and several other ministers from the church. We're glad you're joining us and we hope you have a blessed day. Father God, thank you, Lord, for being our daddy in heaven and for showing us what it means to be a Holy Father, God, giving us that example of, of the way that you love us and the way that you love your son. Lord, we, we love you, and we want to learn how to parent in a biblical, godly way, whether it's a son or a daughter, whether we have kids or, or don't have kids, whether it's our kids are older or they're younger. God, no matter where we are in life, we want to know how to be better dads and to help those who have children uh, as well to parent, God. So just speak to our hearts this morning. Open our eyes to the message that you have for us. Give Ben words uh, to share with us. Uh, help him to be bold. And uh, just, just help us, God, to get it and to, to understand your ways that are higher than ours. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Travis. Uh, what, a, what a good joy to be with you again. Someone asked me if I was going to get to do next week, too. And I said, no, they they don't give me that many weeks. They they watch how much exposure uh, we have here. But uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to see some of you coming on in. Look at the rooms filling up now. We I sh- slipped over and told Eric that, uh, I don't know about you guys, but out where I live, it was pretty foggy. And so when I got on the highways trying to get in, It was a little sluggish that I hadn't expected this early in the morning. Well, I hope you um, were able to do a little bit of the work this past week uh, based on last week's study and then as we look forward to today. One of the things that we gave you was that personality grid. Now, I'm not going to put a show of hands to anybody, but just internally here. Did you get a chance to work on that? Did you get a chance to try to do that? Because... One of the things we're going to talk about today is being sure to have some of that uh, serious instruction time with your children, and uh, I, I tell you, it is a, a one of the one of the most piercing questions that we every one face as we raise our children, boys and girls. It is a it is an awesome joy. It is a great privilege. It is a great task. And every one of us in this room that have children have asked the question sometime or another. And probably you've asked it several times throughout your uh, raising your children. And if you haven't started your family yet, I will assure you it's a question you will ask. We all do. I remember asking it. In my own life, when my son, my first son that started driving, uh, one, one Saturday morning, when I'm very rarely, but getting some really quality sleep time, and he had decided to get up and go somewhere. He had just gotten his license, and uh, he uh, came running in, and I remember the first thing uh, of waking up was my son's face in total sheer panic. In my face, down beside the bed, Dad, 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 I hit the van. Now, we had a Grand dam which I had gotten for he and I to share, and we had a brand-new van that I bought my wife to cart the children around in, and somehow he had managed to get right into the side of the van that I just purchased. And, uh, and so you, all, you will all have this question, Are kids worth it? Are kids worth it? I mean, it, it is, uh, without a doubt, one of the most important questions you'll ask. Well, I'm going to uh, hopefully assure you this morning that uh, kids are worth it. But uh, there are some, what we call some, uh, some qualms in life. Those are good southern terms, uh, the, the qualms in life. One of those is money. One of those is money. Money. Kids are expensive. If you haven't discovered that, you will discover that. Uh, the uh, folks that keep up with all those stats tell us that the average uh, family uh, will spend approximately two hundred to $250,000 between birth and 18 years of age. And I might hastily add, if you're fortunate enough that they leave home at, eight, at 18, uh, most children in this generation... Are not leaving home. Uh, many of you perhaps didn't. You may go away to college now. Getting an empty nest for dads is um, is only part of the problem. The other problem is keeping it empty because they go and they come and they go and they come. Now that two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand does not include college. Oh my goodness! There's another sixty thousand or so dollars. Now I might hastily add just some of my own. Um, personal convictions about that however i think one thing that has happened in our nation and i think one thing that's happened in the home is that we and and we talked a little bit about this last week we have a natural tendency in life and that is to always want to give our children more and better than we had it's natural if you love your children We always want to make life easier on them than we had. That's natural. It's noble. But we really need to kick in some thoughts about building responsibility. And so I made partnerships with my children on on college. I didn't just give it to them. I let them help me earn college. And it made a huge difference. And And there's a lot of uh, examples of that. I just want to encourage you to seriously think about that aspect of just giving everything to your children. It may be a car. I am blown away today, absolutely blown away in my age, to drive by a high school. We didn't have to have parking lots. We had teacher parking lots. Uh, And now we've got acres and acres of parking for all these, not, not jalopies, Not just, uh, you know, uh, junk cars, but I mean cars better than what I'm driving down the road or whipping in there. You know why? Those kids didn't earn that. Somebody gave it to them. And I'm going to tell you something. Take it for what it's worth. And you can disagree if you want, but that's one of the places where we ruin our children. Uh, And uh, again, I'm not going to dwell on that any longer because there are some good examples. and, And I encourage you, if you've never... I forget the name of it, but it's the only book he's written. Truett Kathy, who is the founder of Chick-fil-A, uh, he and his family were members of my church in Atlanta. He has a book on his life and the founding of Chick-fil-A and just principles that he used in the business and his home. He has some great, great principles. I think everybody in this room respects that business, and uh, you ought to uh, find a copy and, and, and read that. The next qualm is time and effort. You know, we went through the age, and uh, many of you um, are are probably were getting far enough away from the 70s. That's ancient history for some of you. But in the 70s, we got into this whole concept with moms that they could be super moms. They could have it all. They could be the uh, success in business, success at home, and um, be the best mate to their husband. They could do it all. And... um, then by the uh, '80s, we were calling that the super myth, as people begin to realize you can't do it all. For men, we got into the mode of climbing ladders and trying to get that career off the ground. We wanted to be sure that we were succeeding in our careers. Wanted to try to succeed in our in our home as being a husband, being a good father, and a spouse. But I want to tell you it just doesn't all come in there is there are only so many hours in the day there's only so much time and money go back to that and we have to choose some priorities we have to determine what is important in life i'm going i'm going to mention one uh, uh, such example i loved playing golf i'm not worth a darn i'm always if i play a scramble I'm thrilled if at the end of the day they've used one ball that I've hit. But I love the fellowship, and I love getting outdoors, and, uh, and I like the concept. I like to get out there and play like that ball I sliced into the woods. I really meant to do that. And uh, and so in my early years, no children, college, uh, early, early career in my early church years, I spent lots of time out on the golf course. I enjoyed it. had a lot of good fellowship. But as my children started coming along, I neither had the money or the time to spend four hours once or twice a week just devoted to me in that game. Now, don't, don't hear me wrong. There is not a thing wrong with that if you've got that, in your, you've got that skill and you've got that all prioritized right. But there were some times when I was invited to go play golf for what would turn out to be three or four hours with guys or go spend a couple of hours with my son who had just come home from school. You see what I mean? So sometimes you have to make those priorities. Selfishness becomes one of those. You know, sometimes uh, there was a survey that was given that uh, that asked this question. Uh, Are children children the main uh, purpose of marriage? 79% of the young adults who had children said no. Uh, What they said the main purpose of marriage was was for their own self-fulfillment and happiness. There is something about us today that uh, has caused us to get rather selfish and zeroed in on us. You even take the last example, and that's a good point I'm making, is that sometimes the priorities have to be reset. The clock has to be reset, and we devote time, attention, and money to our children. Now, we all you know, go back to that money thing. You know, There's no question the doctors are going to come, the doctor bills, and, and you've got to have clothes, and you've got to have those things. Life just takes it. But there are some things along the way that you can invest into your children, too. The culture. Some parents uh, just absolutely don't want to raise children in this day and age, and I've heard this for the last 30 years, no matter where we're at, as I've had children and have raised my children and now have grandchildren in the home. Some folks... And perhaps I understand the the logic. They say, "Hey, I just don't want to bring a child into this world. I, I just don't want to. I just don't want to uh, expose them to this kind of world." And so, you know, uh, I, I was shocked uh, to read uh, just recently that since the nineteen sixties, the American birth rate has dropped forty percent, forty three percent. The American birth rate. Some. Sociologists tell us that if it were not for immigration, that America's population, like all of Europe already, would be declining. So we have this, and part of that, I'll be honest here in church, part of that is abortion. Part of that is selfishness. Part of that is I don't want to give that much time to other people. I don't want to give that much money. And life is about me and having fun. So the facts, though. Here's the facts about our kids worth it. 97%, 97% of all parents surveyed say they have no regrets about having children. That's pretty high. I doubt we can get anything up at that high. 97%. 75% of all parents assert that having children actually strengthened their marriage. Now, I will tell you, it it strengthens it sometimes through stress. Because just like exercise and stretching muscles and, and uh, punishing your body a little bit strengthens your body, children sometimes cause stress. But when mom and dad go to the Word of God and go to each other and get away in, in private moments and pray over and discuss the issues of the family, the issues of life and the issues of their children, you, are, you strengthen your home, you strengthen your marriage. Eighty-nine percent of all parents say that having children increased their enjoyment in life. Boy, I, I'll stand here and testify to all of these. What a what a joy! I have no—I have three children, as I've shared with you. I have four grandchildren now. I have absolutely not a single solitary moment regret of having um, any uh, of my children. I have no uh, no dissatisfaction about life in that regard. Uh, my wife and I, our, our home was enriched greatly because of our children. 81% of all parents say watching children grow up is one of life's greatest pleasures. What a joy. You've already discovered this no matter what age your children are, even like those wonderful pictures there with Travis's um, son on election night and that sort of thing. You, you, It's so much fun as you grow up, your children grow up. And you get to experience those different stages of life with them. And we're going to talk about those stages uh, seriously here in a moment. I think I I shared with you that uh, last week that uh, there will be that time, if you have real young children and any of the dads around the room who pass through this can testify to this, there will be that time when you will suddenly, it will dawn on you that I just had an adult conversation with my child. And, And what a joy that is. What a joy that is. For some of you younger guys, you can remember the first time your dad or your mom spoke to you and you realized yourselves. We just carried on an adult conversation. Last week, I referenced this scripture. It's in Psalms, and it means so much to me through the years. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. Never never lose sight of that right there. They are a gift from God, not something to be used and abused. They are not your personal servants. The purpose, uh, the purpose of work and instruction and discipline in their lives is to instruct them, not benefit you. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And I shared with you last week that one of the greatest understandings for me of that passage of Scripture was when I thought about it, And I probably in some message like uh, we're going through here heard someone else share this, I can't recall. But somehow an arrow in the hand of the archer goes, what, higher than you ever go? It goes further, and it accomplishes something that the archer could not accomplish without it. And every dad in this room, that ought to be our, our understanding. Not only are they a gift, but because God's given them to us, they are going to... Uh, go on in life. You will pass on. Everything you have is going to disappear, except your child will carry on. And and the things that you plant in your child, the values that you plant in your child, the convictions that you plant in your child, the disciplines you plant in your child will continue past you. And one day, they will plant those, God willing, into their own children. So then, what is the challenge? What is that challenge that we all face? Well, it's knowing what to do as a dad. A recent survey also indicated that 74% of all fathers indicate that they feel they come up short in the area of being a dad. In the role of being a dad, they feel they come up short. 74%. We need to see this as one of the most important tasks. It's really a challenge that God has given us and, and see it as an endless challenge that goes on way past our own lives. And so that your goal that you start working on is to make sure that that child stands squarely for the Lord and stands squarely as a man or a woman in this their generation to hold things up before God. So let's look at what uh, are some four types of dads or five that we can identify. One is the absent dad. That is, he's just physically not at home. And this is one of the greatest tragedies of our generation. One of the greatest tragedies that we have homes with no father figure. I cannot tell you, if you go back and study biblically the importance, and perhaps some of you have had other studies where you've done it, but God, in his role, had an important task for the dad. There is a, a void in each child that has no dad in their life. In 1950, and this is a shocking statistic, in 1950, in, in our census and, and survey studies, only 7% of the homes in America had the absent dad. In 2005, that was 40%. Forty percent, and I dare say that here in 2008, that has grown. I didn't have time to look up the adjusted statistics, but I have no doubt about that. That means we are, this is a huge problem on our society. It's a huge problem for your children. And when you look at situations like the uh, political world and the worldview that we have, going back to what I just said about looking out at your challenge and your task being way on down the road for your child, don't look at it for what it means to you. Look at it for what it's going to mean to your children. What breaks my heart about some of the immediate turns that our nation's taking is what it's going to mean to my children and my grandchildren. We need to see this as an important role. We need. What can we do about that? Well, you may know one of those absent dads. We have friends that may need to be encouraged who are about to become an absent dad, and need to be uh, challenged. Another one is the distant dad, and this is really nearly as bad, and it's right up there, pretty close to being the absent dad. Not much way to survey this because the dad is in the home, but he's not there. He has that uncanny uncanny ability to be physically around, but not emotionally tied into his family. My dad was much that way. I do not remember getting a single, solitary, constructive instruction from my dad. Now, I didn't doubt that my dad loved me. I didn't have any warm, gushy feelings about that love. But it was really my mom. And for many homes, it's the mom who instilled Christian convictions, instilled the values, instilled the discipline. But for the most part, my dad got up and trudged off to work. Now, keep in mind, in all fairness to him and what's happened in society, in that era of time, the dad's job was to go out and make a living. So he got up and he went out and made a living. And he was, he was doing his job if he had food on the table and a roof over your head. I've heard that before. I know that. That's the reason I know he's doing that. But the fact is, guys, it's a lot more than just having a roof over the head and having food on the table. And so, don't be a distant dad. One who is present, but one who for all practical purposes are invisible in your child's life. The demanding dad. Oh my soul, we talked about this with those four types of dads last week. That is that authoritarian figure. Everything that uh, uh, around their relationship uh, focuses on being that demanding parent who... uh, expects a certain standard at all times. Involved but visionless dad. This is this is a, a sort of an interesting thing. And as uh, I was preparing for this lesson, I got to dwelling on this. These are the guys, they love their children, they provide for their children, they spend, they're spend. careful to spend the quality time and take their kids to movies or go to Chuck E. Cheese and endure that time together. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're there. But what they fail to do is have those serious times of instilling principles, instilling values, helping them to see and develop their own convictions, those core values of life that's going to make them stand as a man or a do- daughter. And then there is that involved and strategic dad. Uh, that is that dad who not only loves them and who cares for them, but obviously is what we're trying to aim toward, and trying to help in this study, is that you're the dad who would spend a serious amount of time trying to develop your children's values and and, uh, help them develop character in their own life. This is so important. A couple of scriptures. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. How many times I've seen that come true and that Scripture has come back to me. How many times as a young dad, I would uh, I would go back to that Scripture as bedrock when I knew that I was having to discipline my child. You know, I think this whole thing about being permissive, I've looked at that through the years, and I realize that, you know, that's one of the worst cop-outs because it's, you, when we flip back over to that list we looked at a while ago, that's really pure selfishness. That means it is more important for me that you think good of me, son, than I pay the price to invest in your life some some core values. In other words, uh, for that striking moment, it's, it's more important that that child not storm out of the room thinking you're terrible. It's more important to you that they uh, adulate or love you at that moment than for you to lay the foundation that really was needed in that child. Does that make sense? And and, and sometimes we do it, talk about selfishness again. You're involved in a TV program. Your child's right there. I'm fighting this one all over again. I've got a three- and a five-year-old in the house. You know, it's just hopeless to try to watch TV anymore. Uh, And so, because they're there, they want that attention. Whenever moms and dads and memes and everybody gather back together, they want that attention. So you have to find that balance. Another scripture. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. What a great, great uh, scripture. I've seen parents who constantly, and some of you may have had one of these, who just challenge their children to the point of anger all the time, Who, who really like to push the envelope. Let me tell you, the scriptures tell us that is unhealthy. It is not good. We are putting a stress upon their life that is not valuable, and 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 bring them up in the disciplines and instruction of the Lord. Here we are in church, and, and boy, bringing them to church is great. It is essential. It is fundamental. But it is not what we're all talking about here. You cannot walk off and pat yourself on the back and say, I've accomplished that simply because I took my kids to church and dropped them off somewhere. What he's talking about here is spending the discipline... The time to really invest into them, and so that's what is so critical. Have that that personal personal involvement. Now, your your materials have a uh, chart, and if you'll turn to that, I'm going to walk us through that real quickly here. But uh, this is this is really, I'd give anything if I'd seen this when I was your age. Some of you, um, and 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 yet uh, here is a tool nothing more nothing less so when you see these type of tools let me hasten to say don't freak out and say oh you know now this has got to become really uh right on schedule and if i miss some point on the schedule then i've blown the whole thing no life is not that way i promise you to all of us myself included i hope i've stressed that enough you get to the end of some stage of life and you look back and you say boy i didn't do it all just right but i tell you what is good is to look back and say you know, I see some bases I missed, but but I made this. I made the circle. I completed it, and and you know what? I had the right spirit and heart, and we're seeing some fruit out of it. That's what you want to see. So he has done a chart that starts with uh, one, and it goes all the way through to eighteen. Now, uh, he keeps going through eighteen. Let me let me inject hurriedly some studies that that uh, I had seen uh, years ago by Paul Little, who was written several good books. He was with InterVarsity Campus Ministries and worked with college students all of his life. And they had have, they have done some studies years ago uh, on children who were sent off to college at 18 and children who went off to college at 20. And they determined that children, and after long studies, children that had two more years in the home going locally to a college, but under the discipline and supervision of a parent, were far more prepared and had life come together for them in a successful way, far better. And uh, by that I mean after years and years, the percentage of students who went away at 18 who had been involved in serious problems of, of either drugs or social behavior or divorce and, and breakup were far higher than those who had two more years in the home. And from that, the studies, and, and Paul Little concluded that, you know, we send them off in our culture just a little bit too soon. Now, you may argue with me and disagree with that 100%, but I want to tell you, I I, I I heard that when I was as young as some of you guys. And so we started telling our children all through high school, you know how kids, high school and junior high school, when, when they're all planning on where we're going to go and they're hearing about all these great schools and they're starting to, especially later high school, starting to feel, hey, it's, it's what my due is and I'm ready to go. First of all, I helped them to understand... A higher education is a privilege and, and not something that I owe you. It is something we're going to earn together. I told you that earlier. The second thing we did for them is we said, you're going to go at home two years, so don't start getting on this thing that oh, I'm going to go to, uh, at the time when my kids were doing this, we lived in Atlanta, and everybody wanted to go to University of Georgia or they wanted to go to Auburn or somewhere like that. And I said, no, you've got two years. We're going to go at home. And then after two years, if you've been a successful student, I'll help you go anywhere you want to go. And uh, you can take that for what it's worth category. But I personally have a deep conviction. I wish we would hear more about that. Because I want to tell you something. You just listen to the stories. And what breaks my heart is when I hear parents, uh, older parents laugh about the stories of what all their kids get involved in in college, not realizing they're sowing some bad seed into their life. I don't think it's a strong Christian conviction personally. Uh, enjoy laughing about that well first of all to see let's build this thing real quick and I want to thank Eric for taking the time to help me build this because this is really good you'll notice uh, down at the bottom of the page first of all on the left hand side it talks about a star denotes a year when the uh, team is when uh, this when this item is very important in your child's life and and the star means you need to be sure and and have this in their life on the other hand on the other side of the page, 57 at the bottom, it says an asterisk or a dot, uh, denotes a year that holds a special opportunity to instruct your child. Now, you'll notice grade, uh, not grade, but age 1 through 18, you've got a star on all of those years here, dad loving mom. We've already talked about that, the important value last week we got into it, of helping your children to see you love your mom and mom love dad. Incredible. They understand that love is real, that love can be successful. Don't let our children in this pop culture age, this video and entertainment-driven age, is one of the greatest problems that we fight in trying to raise Christian children because they grow up uh, not understanding what real love is. It is not just getting in the sack. It is not just having a, a physical relationship with somebody. So let them model for them, help them to see what... Uh, real love is oh this is so critically important dad's character proverbs 27 says a man who walks in integrity has how blessed are his children after him a man who walks in in integrity how blessed are his children your children need to see your character they need to know what you are made of i heard someone once say <clears throat> that uh, we all have a reputation Every one of us have a reputation. A reputation is what other people say we are. We all have an inner character. That inner character is what we're really like. What we really are. And integrity is when the two are the same. Isn't that good? What people think we are and what we really are is the same. And when that happens, you've got real integrity. You ought to strive. Strive to make sure that the inward you is the outward you. In and develop the character. Let your children see your character. And you'll notice the different things along through the years and how the stars and dots. I'm going to let you s- decipher that. The next is dad's heart. It is so important that uh, they understand your heart. Starting there about uh, age uh, 13, it becomes so, so very important, especially as they start moving into those those teen years that they see... Uh, see your heart, Uh, and and you really start to become human as they uh, go through those years. And one of the things that's so important in developing character and seeing your heart is that you want to be real to them. And you want them, keep in mind, uh, one of the greatest challenges of raising a family and doing all that we're talking about is they see you in the good times and they see you in the bad times. And uh, don't be afraid, I want to hasten to say this, Don't be afraid when you do slip, when you do make a mistake, when you do behave in a way that's unbecoming of Scripture and and being the kind of parent. Don't be afraid to go to your children and sit down and explain that you're sorry, that you understand that. I want to tell you, I'm not talking about a syrupy type of, oh, Daddy, sorry that he had to take that away from you. You were going to cut your hand with it. No, that's serious discipline. What I'm talking about is when you have failed at something. We're not perfect. We're all sinners saved by grace. Every one of us in here, our feet are clay. And you're going to make mistakes. But be big enough to go to them when you do and help that become a learning instruction moment. They need to hear these things. They need to hear, I love you. Very, very important in the teen years. Help them to understand that I am, I, I, you are the most important person to me. All of your brothers and sisters are important, but you value them. Spend that time. Find that time with them. We're going to talk about that, but uh, they need to hear that stressed in their life. They need to hear, I'm proud of you. Believe me, so many parents, and especially dads, <coughs> we get hooked on these these uh, these things that may be this big mistake. It's like my son. We laughed. Later on, through his teen years, about the morning, he woke me up and he had hit my car. Now, I laughed with him. I'd go out and see that crease down my new van that I never could find the money to take out. And, and it, was, it was painful. But I even chuckled at that years later. And so you learn to uh, let them know, don't point out those things they did wrong. point out those things they did right. And let them know that you're proud of them and along that line be sure to find what is your child good at. In your notes there's a blank there. You need to share with them <coughs> pardon me. <coughs> the things that they are good at. It isn't so very important. Especially you'll notice the the stars and the dots really start picking up layering in there as we get older. Now, keep in mind this is just a a target if you're supposed to, if the dot or star is on 13 and you get to 14 and you have missed something, don't freak out. Just bring it into the system. But I will tell you right now how that you can prohibit that is plan your parenting experience. See, again, part of what, what we're driving at here is that life just, we, we hear this all the time, life just happens. Well, it really does in one sense. But we can develop a plan. We can develop a strategy. And this is really important that we do that. So uh, as they go, grow older, <coughs> it is important that they hear that from you, that you love them, that you're proud of them, that you, uh, are, that they're good at. Now, the Bible, we don't have many words where God speaks of Jesus, but he always covered these three. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And, and uh, listen to him. He he always covered that. This is my son. I love him. I'm well pleased in him because he's doing good things and you need to listen to him for his experience. They need to receive affirming encouragement from you. Affirming encouragement. Again, there's going to be ample opportunities to discipline and talk about the things they missed. But you need to work at finding those things they're good at or they did right or succeeded in so you can stress that encouragement to them. And some of those times of affirming encouragement needs to come when they themselves realize they've dropped the ball, they've made a mistake. You don't need to go to them and rub that in deeper, but kick in to say, okay, you blew it, you did blow it, you did make a mistake, but you remember how you did this and you did that and you did so well in it? Help them to see that. Life instructions. Teach them, and this is so critical. This goes back to that dad who's, who loves the children but never instills in their life virtues and values of life. You need to do that. You need to stress that. You, you need to study the different materials. One thing Eric and I talked about, and we'll do this later today, is hang on the website some of the various books. Uh, I was sharing with him different ones that we've studied through the years. Some of them are old books. Some of them are maybe not even print. You might have to go to the church library to get them. But they're extremely valuable tools. And so learn to look at those. And then Jesus, making sure that Jesus has is in their lives. I, uh, I'm uh, astounded working in church at how many parents take sort of a hands-off approach on this. We ought to be instructing them and praying with them and teaching them. And, and we all do that in our little prayer times and all. But you need to be sensitive and look at those dots and, and know when you need to kick in, uh, when they need to understand more. And you need to push that envelope. You also need to be very sensitive, very sensitive at listening to your children because they will ask you questions that gives you those golden moments. I'll never forget. Um, One of those moments came for me when I was about... I was saved at seven years old, so this had to be right near that time. Uh, But I remember the experience where... uh, One of the things that my dad did do was take us fishing as a family. I guess he liked fish. He'd take the family fishing. He'd go off and fish by himself and leave the children to fish with mom. But I remember sitting one day in a boat with my mom and saying... You know, this thing about the Easter Bunny, because we're in the spring, and it, you know that just really isn't real, is it, Mom? <clears throat> well, no, son, it's really not. You know, we love you, and we do that, blah blah blah. I'm sitting there fishing a little while. I remember this like it's yesterday. Well, you know, Mom, this thing about Santa Claus. It, oh, 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 I didn't mean to say that one, because I realized immediately I'd done blown it. But you know where I went next, don't you? So then, there's this thing about God. And I remember my mother's loving instruction about the difference in some fairy tales that we do in life and the difference in what is real in God's Word. It was valuable to me. It was bedrock. So look for those opportunities. Some experiences you need to have, look for one-on-one times. Now, depending on your finances, you may can do the exotic trips uh, with some child, but it doesn't have to be. It can be going out. You know, I mentioned the golf earlier on the game uh, in the study. One of the games that I did enjoy spending with my sons and my daughter, not one of my children enjoyed golf. I don't think, I guess they got it naturally because I really don't have an athletic bone in my body. But uh, I love it, but I just, God didn't wire me that way, and I passed those genes on to them. Not one of them is good in sports. But we did do the fishing thing, and we did do the golf thing, and we did go to ball games. I'll never forget living in Atlanta during the years when my children were just coming up through uh, middle school and high school, We had moved to Atlanta in 1989 and 1990 was right around the corner. For those of you people over here in Texas, you won't remember this, but that was when we went from the worst to the first and stayed there for 10 years. And boy, you know, we just had a great time, my sons and I especially. My daughter wasn't really wild about that. But, you know, I found the things to do with her. Those of you that have daughters, one of the things I heard early in life was take your daughter on dates. Take your daughter on dates. That's what a girl likes. And so... We would go and do things like that. Sometimes I would go to these Build-A-Bear stores and build the doll stores and all that stuff. You know, it wasn't my thing, but it was her thing. You see what I mean? Find those one-on-one times. And then uh, develop some ceremonies, some ceremonies in life that that really uh, distinguish those moments for your children. What he's uh, instructed us on, and and boy, it is so good, I did this... uh, Uh, sort of unwittingly, obviously, these materials weren't there, and where I picked that up, I don't know. But uh, when our children all turn 13, that's one of those big critical moments. You know them. They're, they're, They're critical spots in life when they move into those teen years, having a very special time, but not just celebrating, but talking about the values of what you're fixing to walk through. 16 years old is one of those times. 18, going away to college, and, of course, 21 when they really, truly, become a man or a woman that is so valuable so find times uh where you can do that now some of you as i've talked this morning you've said well it's too late you know my children may already be gone or my children may already be 17 or my children may already be 12 and if that's true and you have missed some basis one truth that is without exception and i've seen it even into adulthood it is never too late to start being a dad It's never too late. And you may start, you may have to start by looking backwards and saying, you know what, sitting down with those children and having a time of tearing your chest open and letting them really see your heart and say, you know what, I blew some things. I wished I had understood. Maybe I wished I had walked with the Lord earlier in my life where I would have done this right. But I want to invest in you and I want to give that time with you. Uh, One of the things that... Uh, we want to recommend some different materials. I mentioned that to you. One of those, Dr. Lewis also has a book, The New Eve, Five Guiding Lights for Authentic Womanhood in the 21st Century. Those are such good materials. One that uh, I mentioned, I got to have some special times with my sons. I was blessed to uh, be in a church where my youth director introduced me to this book when my uh, last child was uh, my last son was growing up, and I got to go through the uh, raising a modern-day knight with him. And I got to go to a ceremony where we presented them with sabers, and dads talked about what it meant to be a modern-day knight. Those are those moments that they'll carry on. My son is now, that son, let me quickly say, is 24, 25, 25. And he has in his office that saber that we gave him uh, for uh, this ceremony. It just nails it down. It drives a stake in the ground. And let me encourage you to find those times. We talked about having that one-on-one time. Sometimes the wife and you, as you share and study about all of this, she needs to take the daughter and just have some of those conversations that parents hate and want to put off. But you need to be disciplined and, and studied enough to carry on those conversations about relationships and sex and helping them to understand. Don't let them learn by failure. Let them learn by experiencing truth from a parent who has modeled it properly in their lives. All right, it is such a joy. I love coming and sharing with you. And uh, take these things as a, as from the Lord. And I'm going to, uh, let me just lead us in a quick prayer, and then I want to let you uh, get into your groups. Father in heaven, we're so grateful and thankful and 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 blessed that you, the Creator, gave us the creation a opportunity to participate in creation ourselves, and we get to participate by having children born into our families and into our lives, and and we get to experience your love and your your joys and your sorrows of children who uh, either are wayward or children who are are faithful and grow up to be like we have tried to instruct them. God is such an awesome challenge, such an awesome responsibility. There is truly none in life any greater. And so, Lord, we pray for each of these men around the table. Whatever stage of life they're in, be be faithful to them as they call upon you. Give them wisdom, direction, and insight in being better dads and maybe being a better granddad. In Jesus' name we pray.